Hi there and welcome back to Building Better Basketball. I'm Neil Gray, Community Coach and Volunteer Development Manager for Basketball Australia. I'm really pleased today to welcome along Brooke Hepburn for today's episode. Brooke's a former cricketer for the Tasmanian state side, playing 182 games of representative cricket in her career. And if my sources are correct, she was also a very keen bas uh, basketball player. Brooke has worked as a dietitian for Leap Health and the Tasmanian Institute of Sport, but she's here today to talk about her current role at Stay Chatty as Project Officer Junior Sports Programme. Stay Chatty work to promote positive mental health and prevent suicide by normalising conversations about mental health and encouraging people to seek help when they need it. They organise community events, fundraisers and presentations to community groups, workplaces, sporting clubs and schools to promote and speak up Stay Chatty message. The team works hard through Tasmania and Australia to raise awareness about mental health and suicide and share that it's okay to not be okay. Where to find help and how we can help each other out in the tough times. It's great to have you here with us today, Brooke, and I can't wait to get stuck into a few of these questions. Hello. <laughs> um, tell us a bit about your role, Brooke, and the, the, feel free to expand on, on the Stay Chatty program in general as well. Yeah, perfect. Well, first of all, thank you so much for, for having me on. Um, so I've uh, been with Stay Chatty now just coming up to a year. Um, which is really exciting. The year has absolutely flown by. And as you were kindly pointing out those stats in your intro, I had to remind myself that, yeah, this time 12 months ago, I was just retiring from, I guess, a competitive career as a, a cricketer for around 10 years. And, and the job with Stay Chatty um, couldn't have been more timely. It came up um, right as I was deciding to, to, I guess, step away from cricket. And excitingly, it was um, to work within junior sports clubs. So I'm um, a project officer with Speak Up Stay Chatty and, and my role has been to develop um, a program for young athletes between the ages of 10 to, to 14 and introduce them to some really positive um, messages around mental health and I guess one of our key things that um, core values at Stay Chatty is to um, break down this stigma around mental health. I think that we are doing you know great things to to start conversations around mental health and, and start to view it in a different light. But I, I still think we have um, a bit of a way to go and specifically, you know, in the sporting um, landscape. So the program that I've, I've been keenly developing over the last 12 months um, is designed to introduce kids to, to the concepts of stress um, and pressure, how that shows up for them in, in their minds, um, in their thought processes, um, in their bodies, um, and then how that impacts, you know, the way they go about their sport, um, but also more generally just the way they go about um, relationship building and, and in life as well. So um, it's been a really, I guess, personal project as well. Um, so there's been a lot of self-reflection from my journey in sport and I guess trying to take myself back to you know when I was that age what would I have liked to have learned um, and I've come to reflect that that's actually um, too hard of a question to ask at the age of um, 31 it's, it seems like a very long time ago so um, during the process of putting the program together I made sure to, to talk to a lot of young athletes talk to a lot of coaches um, talk, talk to sports psychologists um, to get a sense of you know what, what the need is and, and to make sure that the things that I'm introducing and talking to are actually, you know, evidence informed and, and they are going to meet the needs of, of young people. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, I've developed a program that will essentially do that. Um, but of course, you know, it's constantly adapting with each group that I go out and present to, to get feedback and, and make sure that it is meeting that need. And is it, was I right in that you have played a bit of basketball yourself? 
um, yes. prior to cricket? Yeah. Um, again, I need to need to check in who your sources are, but um, yeah. So I, when I was that age, that ten to fourteen um, year old athlete, um, I was very much a keen basketballer and um, was in some of the Tassie setups. So I, I played junior um, state basketball for Tasmania, um, and and in the national program. I can't. I'm sorry. The um, the state programs, I can't remember what it was called, it's been too long, but I absolutely loved basketball. It was um, my passion. I remember when I was that age, sport was purely about fun. Um, I remember playing basketball on a Wednesday night and counting down the days until the following Wednesday night that I'd be back on the court playing um, playing for my local team, City Rockets. Um, and I think as well, like I reflect on my journey through cricket. When I first started playing cricket, that was, you know, I played it because I, I loved the sport and there was such a sense of fun and enjoyment and learning and growing. And um, I found uh, as I got to the back end of my career, I put so much pressure on myself to, you know, perform and, and be as good as I could be and comparing myself to others. And I actually lost a little bit of the joy because I was so focused on the outcomes and, and meeting these really high expectations that I set for myself. So um, I tried to go back to that place of my, you know, 11, 12 year old um, self and, and ask myself, you know, what made sport so much fun back then and, and make sure that I talk to those sort of concepts when I'm um, talking to young athletes. Um, so the, the program's got two parts to it. The one that you kind of referenced there about where you talk to the, the athletes at that um, very young um, age group. And then you also talk to the parents and the coaches in another um, section of the program. What would you say is the message that's resonated the most to the, you, you've touched on some of the young athletes, but feel free to go back to them, but with the parents and coaches, what's the message that's resonated most to, to them when they've attended your session so far? Yeah, well, I might take a step back and just kind of go through the process that I went through to to decide to do two presentations and um, heavily got into the research um, around self-compassion. Um, so when I, when I finished cricket, I think personally, I probably didn't have a lot of self-compassion for myself. I was very, very hard on myself and thought as an athlete, that's what needed to drive me, particularly in the high performance um, area of sport. And I left cricket feeling a little bit like, um, I guess resentful in a way more so towards myself, like not having been kind um, and having this, this language around, you know, if you are more compassionate with yourself, you can, you can get the most out of yourself as a performer. So I jumped into the research and, and one of the um, key parts of self-compassion is this um, thing called um, common humanity. And it's this recognition that we all suffer or we all struggle um, and bringing a level of understanding and normalizing that. Um, so I really wanted to, make that a core part of the athlete presentation and to do that I made sure to include athlete voices throughout the presentation where we've got elite athletes um, talking about things like fear of failure, um, comparison, worrying about what other people think, um, feeling like they're not good enough, all these sorts of really big topics that often as an athlete particularly at that elite end you don't hear a lot of people speak to, we kind of put people on pedestals and think you know if they make it to the top level they must have it all together. Um, so I really wanted to normalise that for the kids. And then I guess with the, the parents and coaches presentation, again, I wanted that, um, that same language. But I also, 
I start off my parents and coaches presentation with a game. It's called um, Stand Up, Sit Down, and it's exactly what it says it is. Um, basically, I read a list of statements, and if the, the parents and coaches agree with those statements, um, or that statement, they stand up. If they disagree, they sit down. And it starts off, you know, really fun. And, you know, I secretly love reality TV and half the room splits, some stand, some sit. And then as it gets down, it gets a bit more serious. Like, you know, I'm, I feel okay speaking about my emotions. Um, I feel okay speaking about my, my kids' emotions. Um, and then the last one is most of the time, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing the best that I can. Um, and it's a really humbling and humanizing experience when in the presentations that I've done so far, all the parents and coaches are standing together and we look around the room and it's just this moment of normalizing and humanizing us all that um, essentially all the coaches and the parents in the room want the same thing for their athlete um, or for their son or daughter. Um, we're doing the best that we can. Um, we just, you know, we want the best for our, for our young people. So. I guess that's been the part that I've received really good feedback. It sets the scene at the start of the presentation that there's a level of understanding amongst all of us. Um, there's different behaviours you see in sporting environments, but essentially what it comes down to is we just want the best for our young people. And I think if we set that baseline to start with, then, you know, as we go through the presentation, there's this level of connectedness and, and understanding that comes with it. Um, and I certainly stand up there when I'm when I'm presenting. Um, I don't claim to be an expert in what I present. Um, I, I don't think I could do that. I'm, I'm not a parent. Um, I've been coaching for, gosh, probably as long as I've, I've been playing sport. I remember coaching at a junior level when I was a junior myself. And it's just constantly learning. Um, I'm learning from the parents and coaches that I present to. And, and hopefully I'm just giving them some information that they'll find useful when they take it back into their sporting environments. And one and understanding and this self-compassion for themselves to just keep doing the, the best that they can and also learn as much as they can and an understanding of you know how to look out for certain behaviors in their athletes and and you know offer that compassion to their to the young people to to get the best out of them the you've talked a lot about um different research and places that you've found to support your um, presentation and give it some context and color and one of them is the um, balance is better concept from New Zealand which I know we've been talking about previously that you think is, is really good can you just um, explain a little bit about that concept and why you think it's so transferable across the Tasman and then also across the sports that because so I think it's important for everyone to know you don't present this to just basketball clubs or cricket clubs you're doing this at football clubs, at, um, soccer clubs, at, at all different kind of sports? Yeah, so um, I got introduced to the Balance is Better um, philosophy or I guess um, New Zealand sport through a name that's now quite familiar in um, Basketball Taz, the new CEO of Basketball Taz, Ben Smith. I was actually, I sat down with him um, when he was working for Cricket Taz and we just had a really nice conversation about youth sport. He's obviously been involved in youth sport for a, a very long time. And he said, you need to check out the work that um, New Zealand Sport is doing with their Balance is Better philosophy. And straight away, I went onto their website to, to have a look. And I guess through the research that I was doing, I was coming up against the statistics that were saying, you know, from the, from the age of 12 to 18, um, the age of 12, we have the peak amount of young people involved in sport. And at the age of 18, we just see this massive um, regression of numbers. You know, we're losing so many kids to, to sport. And... For me, that was like, you know, it's the, you know, why is that happening? We know sport's such a wonderful playground where kids get to learn and connect and um, feel valued and understood when we get sporting environments right. 
Um, but I guess there's there's this balance of you know getting sporting environments right. What does that actually constitute? And um, New Zealand sport through their better um, balances better philosophy. They've they've looked at the same research and gone. Um, you know, there's a whole host of there's a complex relationship as to why we lose kids. But essentially, um, when we lose the fun from environments, um, we lose kids. When we start to say who's talented and who's not and started to start to define those and put them into pathways. Um, we lose kids to sport. Um, where does that athlete go if, you know, they're not in that competitive um, realm of sport and they just want to play for, for fun and participation? How do we as a sporting club tick off, you know, both um, streams where we want competitive but we also want kids to make sure that they're enjoying their experiences? So I'm not an expert in the philosophy, but I do present it um, to the parents and coaches that I speak to, as you said, across a whole host of, um, of different sports here in Tassie. And it's just to say that um, I guess we are, we're all searching for this balance within our organisations and, and a lot of clubs are run by parents or volunteers. And I like to say that, you know, I'm very thankful for that because it takes an, a mountain of work to get, um, you know, teams on the park each and every week. Um, but I just like to present a few different ways of, you know, how we can bring fun um, into into environments and how we can make sure that we're catering for for all of our athletes, you know, some that are there to go on to be the next, um, you know, Australian representative or Tassie representative and the others who are there just to enjoy their time and be amongst their teammates and, and be physically active. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I, I talk to those concepts and I, I really enjoy what New Zealand sport's doing and, and I hope that we can start taking um, similar kind of philosophies here in Australian sport. One of my favourite bits of the um, presentation when you were explaining it to me was the, um, I think it might just speak to the child in me that you had, you have these two characters within your presentation that you talk about within a, a young person's head and that being the inner coach and the inner critic and how those two kind of characters um, react to the, the player when they're under stress and they're under pressure. And do you think um, when you, when you um, flip that round, do you think that within coaches and, and parents who will be listening to this, do you think when, when they're watching the kid and unbeknownst to them, the inner critic and the inner coach are chattering away in their ears, do you think there's an inner coach and an inner critic in a, a parent and a coach's head at the same time or something slightly different what 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 do you think um i guess my personal answer is 100 percent um because i have the inner coach and the inner critic sitting on my shoulder each and each and every day and um it's probably taken me a long time to realize that there's a distinction between those two voices and that i do have an inner coach um so i guess for some context for the listeners these aren't characters that I've kind of plucked out of my own brain. I've, I've done a lot of um, research as well, as I said, in this kind of self-compassion and, and traditional Buddhist philosophies, actually, um, which is diving into a kind of a different tangent. But they just present, yeah, you know, we have this inner critic or inner voice that's constantly comparing us to others or telling us why we're not good enough or this, this self-appraisal, um, you know, that person's better than me, um, they're smarter than me, they look better than me, whatever it might be, it's just chattering away constantly. Um, so that's, you know, one voice that I introduce the kids to um, and the athletes actually speak to in some of the videos that I've done um, in a sporting environment. It's that constant comparison of, you know, that person's going to get picked ahead of me or they're a better um, free throw shooter, three point shooter, whatever it might be like, um, you know, tearing us down because we're comparing ourselves to, to somebody else. 
And on the other side, um, we have this inner coach who is trying to build us up, not necessarily telling us we're the best or we're better than that person. It's not like arguing back and forth. It's just reminding us to, you know, work hard, focus on yourself, focus on the processes. You're okay here. You know, basketball doesn't define you. Sport doesn't define you. You have so many other strings to your bow. Um, so I guess it's, yeah, introducing the kids to this concept and, and obviously introducing the adults to the concept as well. And then one of the biggest things, I guess you, you asked me what what's the takeaway that um, I guess people are taking away. What I hope that the kids and the adults are like takeaway is just noticing these two voices more and learning to distinguish like 80% of our thoughts throughout the day are generally negative, self-critical or self-appraising. Um, and that shocked me when I read that in, in the research. I was like, 80% of the time we're really focused on, I guess, the threats or the negative things in our environment. And that's, a, I guess, a biological um, thing in all of us. Um, but we have to be really conscious of trying to look out for the things that can build up our inner coach or the positives from our environment and for um, parents and coaches. I speak to the fact that we almost have to decide which voice in our young athlete we're feeding. So if we're being really critical or we're comparing our athletes to each other or we're, you know, driving this win at all cost mentality, um, we're essentially becoming that voice of the inner critic for our young athletes. Um, so we have a choice and language is so, so powerful. We have a choice of do we want to build the inner critic in our, in our, in our young person or how do we help them to build their inner coach? How do we help them to be internally motivated? How do we help them to like find their own answers, but be willing to fail and ask questions and learn from that and not hide away from it? So um, I guess a long-winded answer, but I'd, I do think um, all of us have these two voices, um, I guess two voices in simplistic, but all of us have this critical um, voice inside of us and, and all of us can learn to be more compassionate and kinder with ourselves and, and build this inner coach so we, we are more internally motivated. You've been awesome with um, giving us an insight into the, the presentation and the program, Brooke, and I don't want to give too much of it away because I really encourage, especially the people listening to this from Tasmania to to reach out to, to you and stay chatty and, and get you to come out to, to speak to the, the players and the parents and the coaches. But if there was one strategy you would encourage someone listening to this who's read something you said really resonated with them and they are maybe based in Mackay in Queensland or Far North WA, which would be a bit of a trek for you. Um, yeah. What, I'd love to go. <laughs> what's one of the strategies that you talk about that you would encourage them to, to do some research into themselves after listening to this? Um, I guess it really is the research on self-compassion. Um, and I know, gosh, if you go back four years ago, I remember we had a lady come into our cricket environment when I was playing and her name is Pamela Lovell and she's a mindfulness coach. And she came in and she spoke to some concept, concepts around self-compassion. And as an athlete, I sat there and was like, this is ridiculous. Um, if I'm kind to myself, if I give, like, let myself off the hook or if I tell myself it's okay, you know, it's, everyone makes mistakes, that's not going to drive me as an athlete. That's not going to get the best out of me. I'm going to become lazy. I'm going to become complacent. Um, you know, I need to be hard on myself. If I'm hard on myself and I'm telling myself, you know, you're not good enough, keep pushing like this really kind of, again, that critical voice, that's what's going to get the best out of me. And it's been the biggest learning of, for me is that it's self-compassion, this concept that we go, oh, it's, it's weak or it's soft. 
being kind on yourself actually leads to, to better performance and it enables you to be in a space where you can learn from your mistakes. You don't hide away from them. You don't see them as threatening. It's like, you know, I can learn and I can grow and that's essential as an athlete. And I think it's really essential as a coach. Um, I think equally where coaches are just as hard on themselves as, as athletes. They're, you know, I was talking to a coach recently who said, after a game, um, he was a soccer coach, he said, I spend, you know, the hour drive home thinking about all the mistakes that I made, all the, the decisions that I should have made, you know, did I say something um, and has been taken the wrong way by an athlete? Have I hurt someone's feelings? Um, he said, I'm so, so critical of everything that I've done and I can't leave it. I can't park it. I'm constantly just like ruminating over that for the next hours, days, whatever it might be. So I just encourage your listeners, um, to, to do some research in, into what the concepts of self-compassion are. Um, and there's some wonderful strategies that um, there's a researcher called Dr. Kristen Neff, who I, I follow a lot of her research and she has a lot of different tools that you can use. Um, one of them simply is to actually just give yourself a moment to, to breathe and use your breathing to, to calm down. And that's something I teach the athletes. And when I first put it in the, the presentation, I was like, oh, gosh, I'm not sure how this will land, um, you know, to sit and do a breathing exercise for three minutes. They'll probably think that you've got this kooky person up the front um, not knowing what she's talking about. But I've actually got some really great feedback from the athletes about how they really enjoyed it and how they could see it um, being useful um, when they do start to feel anxious or nervous or tense. Um, and then when I'm talking to the parents, um, I say, you know, it's resonating well with the athletes. Um, how do we role model that as parents or coaches? You know, as a coach, if you're starting to notice that you're getting frustrated, annoyed, and that's coming out in some of your behaviours or the way that you speak to your athletes, how do you give yourself a moment's pause and say, you know what, I'm a bit frustrated here, just I'm going to have a moment, let's breathe together. Let's actually calm our nervous systems together. Like what a wonderful role modelling behaviour that would be for a coach to do, to, share, to show, you know, I'm human still. I'm still learning how to actually notice my emotions and control them. Um, I, you know, for our young people, role modeling that is, is the most powerful thing that we can do. So, um, yeah, I guess that would be my thing if, if what I'm saying is resonating with, um, with the parents and coaches who listen to the podcast, um, have a look into some of this research. And, you know, there's so many different strategies um, that you can use in the self-compassion realm. Find what works for you. There's a um, famous quote that I always say, it's like, find the shoe that fits, a bit of a Cinderella story, um, but never stop looking. So, you know, I present three strategies within the athlete presentation. It's three of a thousand. Um, they may work one day and they may not work, you know, two days later. So we need to put as many tools in our toolkit as possible when it comes to wellbeing to actually turn to um, when we need them. So yeah, find the shoe that fits for you. So last uh, last question, Brooke, can I ask the everyone that, that comes on and um, if there was one person in sport, they can be a coach, a player, what, whatever, and it can be basketball, cricket, um, canoeing, whatever you want, you can ask, and they can be alive or dead. So you've got everything to work with here. If you could ask mm -hmm. one person one question, what would it be? Oh, that's, that's a difficult one. Um, I'm going to go really broad. Um, I, when I'm going to use a basketball example because I was such a basketball fanatic when I was younger and I loved and love Lauren Jackson. And my question to Lauren Jackson would be, tell me your honest story. 
Um, I want to hear it all from, you know, warts and all from a young age through to now. Tell me your, tell me your story. Because um, I just love connecting with people and, and understanding, you know, what their life's been like and what, you know, trials and tribulations and, and things that they've been through. So I just sit down and, and just listen um, to her story. Oh, well, LJ is a BA staff member, so hopefully she listens <laughs> to the podcast and um, that's a, a really good link. So if LJ, who's obviously yeah. listening because I know she loves this stuff, or <laughs> anyone else wants to um, get in touch with you and, and stay chatty, how's the best way for them to do that, Brooke? Um, they can jump onto our website at staychatty.com.au and um, our information's on there if they want to have a look at the programs that we're running, um, if they'd like to book in a session um, from myself, a junior athlete presentation or parents and coaches. We also have senior sport um, presentations which present on the same sort of information that I've, I've gone through today. Um, but yeah, jump onto our, our website website and please yeah, reach out or re reach out through our socials as well. Um, as I said, I, I love chatting. Um, I love to hear people's stories and I'd love to connect with as many people um, as possible. Obviously, the program's based in um, Tasmania, so any Tassie basketball clubs that would like to book me in, um, shoot us through an expression of interest and I'll be in touch soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Brooke, and um, I look forward to um, seeing loads of basketball clubs in Tasmania um, have you in visiting. So thank you very much. Thanks so much.